You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races, some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Different kind of show today. We do not have a Thursday night game to preview, but we do have a Wednesday afternoon game that we can talk about. Welcome to the show. It's Fantasy Football Today. With your help, we've got some great topics. We did some fill in the blank, and the listeners, of course, came through. And, oh, we got a lot of police work to do. The fantasy cops are going to be busy today settling. Did you just call me a hoe? Did I? I think you did. What are you talking about? He said, oh, we've got a lot of lot of things to do. <laughs> I did not. I was talking to Dave. <laughs> you know that. Uh, the yeah. truth hurts. Yeah, yeah. So we do. You know, I got to tell you, one of the Fantasy Cops questions that didn't make the show was somebody, a commissioner, had a league set up where every year four teams make the playoffs and play two-week playoff matchups. And the commissioner and a few other managers are in, like, you know, fifth, sixth place. Commissioner posts a poll and says, hey, should we add playoff teams this year? Majority rules. And, of course, the teams that aren't currently in the playoffs are all voting yes. I was like, I'm not even going to read this on the show. It is so ridiculous, but now I'm saying it on the show. Never. You can never just add playoff teams. Everybody's got to be on board if you're going to do that. Has to be uni- That's ridiculous. Um, what if... Kick them out of the league, Heath. This week, week 13... Um, we have a, another coronavirus situation and one of the teams on the border of the playoffs is impacted in a way that makes it hard to figure out who should have made the playoffs. Give me the an NFL example. Is considering adding a playoff spot in the middle of the season has talked about it. So what if we have a week 13 controversy like this one, only maybe it doesn't get resolved on Wednesday because it's two teams that aren't going to be involved in the playoffs anyway. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we like these two teams just don't have complete results. Don't have complete as in they, they had a player that was supposed to play on right. Tuesday or Wednesday. And your league normally back. has six playoff teams, and this is the I, this sixth is why, and the seventh Well, seed. no, because this is what you do. You do what we have been saying. You say, hey, this game's getting postponed. It's supposed to be played this week. It might not. Pick a replacement player. That's what you got to do. If you don't do that. Works for me. Yeah, then. A sorry, gl- vast majority of leagues have not done that. I, I mean, that's that might be true, but I think... I have zero leagues where you or Jamie is not the commissioner where that exists. Well, I think that a lot of our listeners are in leagues like that because they've, they've listened to our advice and they're, and they're doing that because I'm getting a lot of emails that, that are referencing that exact scenario. You know what? Okay. He, that's not my problem. If they don't want to be great commissioners, that's not my problem. I understand. I just think that there might... The, 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 there has not been a situation yet that would lead me to add a playoff spot. But I would not rule out something happening in week 13 after the week 12 we just went through that could change my mind. Dave, you want to weigh in real quick? No, I I pretty much agree. I think commissioners need to be open to change. Obviously, this is not one of those things (laughs) where you just say in the middle of a week, hey, let's, let's just add two more playoff teams. There's nothing... 
there, there's nothing that happened in the NFL world to make something like that a possibility. But like he said, there could be. And so if something were to happen where multiple NFL teams are affected by their players not playing, which would in turn impact our fantasy teams, then maybe something is done to resolve the situation. I'm not really thinking about that until it actually happens. Just like the NFL isn't really thinking about it until it actually happens. All right. Well, I mentioned today we have fill in the blank, and I want to just pick out one in particular that's a good starting point for our show. This is from Bill Pozzolis. He says, An unheralded running back and wide receiver that could be league winners are blank and blank. An unheralded running back and wide receiver that could be league winners are blank and blank. Dave, you got some names? Who could be league winners? Cam Akers is a name that I've uh, uh, put here. And I've thought, I've watched him play. I watched the game last week. And he's not like, he's not doing the dynamic things that DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins have done. But he hasn't been bad. And I think he's playing better than Daryl Henderson right now. And it wouldn't surprise me, especially after you know the second half production that he had last week, if he started to take over that backfield. And the schedule's not terrible. I don't. I, when I say take over that backfield, I mean he'll push Henderson to the bench. He'll probably share with Malcolm Brown. Um, but he's he's playing physical. It seems like he's got better vision than Henderson right now. So he would be a running back. I would say a receiver, Alan Lazard. Check out the Packers' schedule rest of season, and uh, and think about him as that number two receiver in the Green Bay offense. Uh, Receivers, I would say Brandon Ayuk, and then if you want to go really unheralded, Colin Johnson. Um, Did you watch? What what did you see from Colin Johnson? Just the long touchdown. Okay. I I haven't gotten around. You know, forgive me for not watching the game film of the Jaguars offense yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him because I know – I know that he's a big, tall, lean dude. He was at the Senior Bowl. He didn't really impress at the Senior Bowl, but I had heard some good things about what he had been doing. So, like, I've got a friend with the Jaguars, and I I went to him back in training camp. I said, hey, LaVisca Chenault. Everybody's talking about LaVisca Chenault. He's going to be great. And the friend told me, actually, Colin Johnson's the one that's been, you know, raising eyebrows in training camp. And it took him a little while to find this playing time. And really, it took injuries to Chark and Conley for him to get on the field and for Mike Glennon to find him in a game. So I'm I'm interested to see if he could end up being something, being a thing in fantasy to end the year. Okay, all right. So Colin, John, did you have another name, Heath? Uh, well, I said Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, um, the running back. I, I, I don't back. know that I have a good running back that could be a league winner. Like I think, and heavy sigh before I say this, but I think Frank Gore is going to possibly lead some teams into the fantasy playoffs. You know what? A very strong week 14 performance against it or 13 performance against a bad Raiders defense. He got 21 touches in the first game without Michael P Ryan. They even threw the ball to him three times. So I, I think like if you're asking me for who's the guy that's on the waiver wire right now that could win some guys week 13 and push some, some six and seven seeds into the playoffs. I think it might be Frank Gore. He's had at least eight non-PPR fantasy points, 11 PPR fantasy points in each of his past two games, at least 17 touches each of his past two games. And the Raiders have allowed 15 or more PPR points to a running back in three of their past four games. Wow. Yeah, and I I mean, I'm going to have to choose between Frank Gore and Cam Akers in a PPR league this week, so looking forward to that decision. And 
Isn't David Montgomery unheralded? Well, that, so I was like, no, he's, he's just unliked. He, this is your, the first week you're not saying David Montgomery. He's got the two best matchups coming up: Detroit and, I and really, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, I really screwed up by not like immediately saying what I said I was going to say at the top of the show. But um, yes, obviously, if David Montgomery's unheralded enough, if he'd asked for an unheralded quarterback, I might have said Mitchell Trubisky. Who, right, the schedule is just so good. Who's got is, a, a better chance, you think? David Montgomery, here are his matchups. Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville. That or, sounds like a top 12 running back to me rest of the season. Or Jonathan Taylor, Tennessee, Houston, Las Vegas, Houston. Montgomery. Almost certainly. Yeah, look, I, I want to say Taylor, but I don't think I can. The I, advantage I, Montgomery uh, has is, like, we know he, he didn't have to share. Yeah, Share right. with who? Right. And the um, line got a little bit healthier last week. They added a guy back, and it, it paid off right off the start of the game. And for, for so far in their NFL careers... David Montgomery, he's not as talented. He doesn't have the upside. He doesn't have the potential or any of the testing. But so far, he is a better NFL running back than Jonathan Taylor is. Yeah, but I don't know if is that's he? by a wide margin. He's been, he's been a pretty bad NFL running back. He, no, he has not. He's, he's been in a terrible situation. If well, Jonathan Taylor you, plays behind one of the best offensive but, lines in But you've in said football, it time and time again that the offensive line hasn't played up to its capabilities. So I don't know that we can really it, use that anymore. Right. The, the line that we thought was the best in football has not played up to his abilities versus the line that's maybe the worst in football or right. one of the it, bottom five. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, you're giving David Montgomery some excuses, but fine. I mean, it, 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 I don't it, think either think, running back has played to their ability so far. No, now, it's a small sample size for Taylor compared to Montgomery, but I don't think either one has been what we expected them to be. They were both top five picks in our dynasty league. We I think we had high expectations for Montgomery when he was a rookie and for certainly for Taylor. Geez, look where we were drafting him back in August. But I, I, I see what you're saying with the workload. Just strictly from that perspective, because they both have good schedules, I know that David Montgomery will get 15-plus touches each week. I can't say for sure that the same for Jonathan Taylor. I'd like to. I think he will. But I'm not Frank Reich, and I don't know how Frank Reich thinks about running packs, man. That thing is a little crazy out there in Indy. Cool. All right. So those are some names for you that could be league winners. Um, let's uh, look at the waiver wire real quick, see if anything's changed since yesterday. But first, I want to tell you about our mailbag show, your Apple podcast questions. Leave us a five-star review. Ask us a question. We appreciate that. It's been very helpful for us throughout the year. And we've got that special Saturday episode dedicated to your Apple podcast review questions. And the Parlay Pick'em Contest. The contest is open from Tuesday through Sunday. Pick your best five-team parlay against the spread. We're giving away $1,000 guaranteed every week. The odds are provided by William Hill Sportsbook. Go to cbssports.com slash parlay, P-R-P-A-R-L-A-Y. Don't, it's not P-R, P-A-R-L-A-Y, cbssports.com slash parlay. That's fun, man. Just pick your pick your five-team parlay. That's great. 1000 guaranteed dollars given out every week. All right, this could be a quick segment here. Has anything changed in terms of the waiver wire since we spoke yesterday? No, but tell it you. might. Was... Yeah, it might in the next 12 hours. What are you looking at? And I think, you know, the fact that there's some optimism about Tua Tungavailoa, maybe that is the one thing that's changed a bit. But what are you yeah. looking at, Heath? You weren't on the waiver wire show yesterday. What percentage of the carries does Benny Snell get tonight? Does he get any work in the passing game? And does he look like he's been pretty successful 
in short yardage, but does he look like a running back that you want to give the ball to 15 to 20 times, or do we see a little bit more Anthony McFarlane than expected? Okay. And uh, we'll have to check on Josh Jacobs. Hopefully we get an update on him today. That's the big one that we're waiting to see. Also, how many targets does Des Bryant get? Yeah. They have that. Oh, revenge game next week against Dallas. Revenge game and Mark Andrews could remain out and Des Bryant's kind of like their, their new tight end. Yeah. Okay. Let's check it out. Injuries, news, and notes. The Ravens did have two more positives, one coach, one player, but they are in Pittsburgh, and we're hoping to get that game in. We, As of right now, we expect it to be played at 3.40 p.m. Eastern, and that is really cool. I'm looking forward to watching Wednesday afternoon football. Brandon Williams is off the COVID list, but he is not going to play. So still looks like a good situation for the Steelers running game. And this game is going to make history at some point. It's going to be part of history because there's a Friday game scheduled this year. There's a game on Christmas Day on Friday. So if this game gets played... And that game gets played on Friday. That means this will be the first time there's been an NFL game every single day of the week. Because you'll have some Saturday games as well. That's kind of wild. the last. What'd you say? I bet it's not the last time. The last time. The last year? Yeah. Oh, I gosh. I don't know. The NFL does not like to play games on Fridays because there's high school football on Fridays. So it's kind of like a traditional thing that they don't do that on Fridays. And then... They typically stay away from playing on Saturdays because college football is going on. Not till the college football season's really over do they start playing games on Saturdays. And Tuesdays and Wednesdays have never been like part of the standard plan for the NFL. I'd be surprised if they started to regularly schedule games on those days. And Dalvin Dalvin Cook is kind of beat up right now, guys, according to Pat Shermer's offensive coordinator. Any major takeaways Pat there? Pat Shermer's offensive coordinator? His offensive coordinator. According to Dalvin Cook's offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's what I said. I said Pat. Yeah, Pat, no, you said according to Pat. No, I Shermer's didn't. I said Pat Shermer, his offensive coordinator. I said it. He's very not his fast. offensive coordinator. Uh, sorry. Um, it's uh, it's uh, Gary Kubiak. Why, it's Gary Kubiak, not Pat Shermer. Sorry. He of the hands and the armpits when he's yes. That, I've I've put Pat Shermer back on the, on back the, on the Vikings. My apologies. It's Gary Kubiak. I think I said that on Fantasy Football Today in five as well. So. My bad. I swear I knew that. Um, anyway, according to his offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak, thank you. Um, Your grammar today, Adam. Yes, I need help. Grammarly wouldn't have helped me with that. No. He's a little beat. He's beat up right now, Dalvin Cook. What does this mean for you guys? That I'm starting him as a top five running back until he's made inactive. Okay. He's got that crappy schedule coming up in the playoffs. The Bucks and the Saints. Uh, yeah, when Jacksonville this week, then the Bucks and the Bears and the Saints. Make sure you get Alexander Madison if he's available. The Denver quarterbacks sure you, are back. Yeah, that that's just another pointer. Like maybe your last waiver claim should be to get the backup to your stud running back if he's out there. Yeah. Hey, um, the Pat Shermer's part of the Broncos, so uh, yes. the Denver quarterbacks are back. George Does that Kittle. Mean he's gonna have to cut his kid. Oh, maybe. They signed his son. They did, yeah. Because they weren't sure who would be back. Uh, George Kittle optimistic about returning, so you might want to stash him, especially if you have an IR spot. Uh, more San Francisco news. Jamar Taylor, cornerback, out for the season. Like, they need more cornerback injuries. But Brandon Ayuk is off the reserve COVID list. I know what I meant to ask, Keith. You mentioned Ayuk as a dark horse, kind of to, to be a league winner. Once he comes back, assuming it's this week against Buffalo, this upcoming week, who is your favorite 49ers wide receiver going to be? 
For his first game back, I imagine I'll rank Debo Samuel. Like currently, I have Debo Samuel ranked higher, but um, I think it's a coin flip. Like we saw in the two games before Ayuk went on the COVID list, he had double digit targets, was an absolute stud. He's played eight games this season, and he's on pace for over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. So, like, as a rookie in your first eight games, that's pretty awesome. Debo's obviously awesome last week. I don't think we have any reason for confidence as to which one of these guys will be the number one. But until Kittle comes back, there's both room for both of them to be fantasy borderline number twos. Giants linebacker Kyler Fackrell is on IR. Tough blow for them. Cleveland's got some injuries. Like, this is a really good week potentially for Tannehill, and I did want to talk about him and some Week 13 tough calls. Maybe Tannehill's one of them. But safety Ronnie Harrison could be out for the season. Denzel Ward is unlikely to play this week. That's two starters in their secondary. The Browns are going to get Miles Garrett back this week, though he's coming off the reserve COVID list, so we'd expect him to play. The Seattle Seahawks, yeah, their DST, I mean, they might be the number one DST this week. They have the most sacks in the NFL since Week 8, but... Carlos Dunlap hurt his foot Monday night and is going to have an MRI. So we'll keep an eye on that. Olamide Zacchaeus is on IR for the Falcons, and Tua Tungavailoa could be back this week. We're going to do some fill in the blank. Here we go from Jeremy. Ryan Fitzpatrick will start blank more games this season, regardless of Tua's injury status. Zero. Yeah. They, they don't. They prioritize getting Tua ready for next year over making the playoffs. So when Tua is healthy, he's going to play. No, I think they're trying to do both. And I don't think this well, is, but they're, well, the they're, playoffs they're, would be nice, but we really got to make sure Tua is, is good to go. They're I think they're prioritizing one over the other. Playing Tua is hurting your playoff chances. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I know it looked that way against the Broncos. Not well, that. Look, listen, they put in Ryan Fitzpatrick in that game, and they didn't get any better it's not like they no, they got a lot points. better they went down the field twice in a row and what happened did, how many points did they score because two two has thrown 97 passes you know what he hasn't done once throw a touchdown throw an interception he's thrown no, he's thrown throw five touchdown. six touchdowns he hasn't thrown an interception it's a very it's just a very very they're like complete opposites yeah you know they, they would make an, a terrific sitcom <laughs> you but I, I guess maybe I misspoke. Do you guys think that Tua gives them the same chance to make the playoffs that Fitzpatrick does? No, I agree with you. But do you think they think I, that? I, I I thought Fitzpatrick did not have an amazing game last week. I I felt like he was weak armed on. Yeah, but do you throws. do you agree with Heath? Because I think Fitzpatrick's probably better for them. But I also think that they 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 have a good defense and Tua takes care of the football. He does not take a lot of chances. So I don't think that it's such a downgrade. It's a downgrade offensively. But the turnovers are such a big factor that right. that That's it could thing. still be okay for them. Uh, do you want your turnovers to be a turnover on downs or an interception? <laughs> like that's that's basically the difference between the two of them. Punts versus interceptions. All right. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, I think we're taking the Dolphins at their word that they're going to go back to Tua when he's healthy. This one's from Cobra Kai. I need blank because I'm going against Derrick Henry and I need a win for the playoffs. A miracle. <laughs> um, nah, you just you need one big performance to counter Derrick Henry's big performance. That's all. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Um, you know, went against Deshaun Watson last Thursday and some other good play. And I and I won a league. You know, it can happen. 
I also went against Will Fuller and I lost. So, you know. Uh, dear, uh, from Dean Nunyo, Antonio Gibson is a top blank running back in PPR rest of way. 12. Top 12. Yeah, I, I struggle with that um, because it's Can- been such a different story. Like a, a rich man's Wayne Goldman. Um, it's been such a different story in games where they're winning or very competitive. Oh yeah. Um, and their schedule does not set up for them to be that very often down the stretch. Um, I'll say top twenty. So you can name more than twelve running backs you'd rather have, or you would expect to outperform Antonio Gibson rest of season. I I think like I don't. I would probably do a bad job of naming all nineteen. Um, I just said but, 12. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, I, I don't think he's going to be top 12 at Pittsburgh next week. Um, I don't think he's going to be top 12 against the Seahawks in three weeks. I don't think he's gonna be top 12 at San Francisco. So like his schedule sets up for a, a pretty bad finish. Yeah. Raheem Mostert bad. or Antonio Gibson. Ah. <sighs> I don't think Mostert's going to be a top twelve running back, so probably it's they're really I mean, probably Mostert, probably Mostert. Okay, I mean we're going to run out of running backs here. Edwards Elaire. I would probably take Clyde over over Gibson. Yeah, he has a very 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 good schedule. The, I'd definitely the, take Swift. I'd take Zeke. I'd take Kamara. I'd take Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Austin I would take Eckler, most of those guys. James sure. Robinson, Derek Zeke. Henry, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree Ronald with you on Jones. most of those. Oh, Ronald Jones, even with the bye. Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Sure, McCaffrey should belong. Nick Chubb. There. Yep. I'd yep, take yep, David yep. Montgomery over Anthony. I Anthony. knew you would. Oh, I didn't even have to ask that. Huh. The Man. one thing I'll add is that I think that they are doing a good job of getting Gibson going in the passing game. And what we've seen in the past about McKissick locking up that role, I am not 100% sure if that's all going to go to McKissick say the next time they play, which is against the Steelers. Tough matchup. I, I think Gibson's going to... I think they love what Gibson gives them. Miles Sanders or, or Antonio Gibson rest of the season? I have a hard time saying Sanders there. I have a hard time trusting Miles Sanders. Yeah, I... I uh, the, Eagles the past couple of weeks. I'm looking well, forward to talking to him because, uh, look, he's coming off his worst game and it just makes no sense that they didn't give him the ball, but, you know... He does have New Orleans in Week 14, but other than that, it's just finally he's going to get some good matchups with Green Bay starting this week against Green Bay. And I think it's important. Like I, I was kind of the Miles Sanders skeptic for part of the season. Now I feel like it's been flipped on its head. Like he had one game where they made really poor choices. He had 19 touches the week before that, and 17 the week before that. And so I. I think I would rather have the game with the poor choices just happened. It's the most recent game. Uh, Exactly. I think maybe we are overemphasizing it because it just happened. Right. Sure. And, and I would like them. I would like to think also that they would go back to Sanders in a matchup that seems very friendly for the run against green Bay. But I don't know if I can trust this coaching staff to do that. I think they're, I think they're trying to live and die on Carson Wentz's arm. But, but Dave, that doesn't make any line. sense. Like, I know it doesn't, but, but that's what I see. I know, but they can't. I mean, against Green Bay, this is one of the no, worst they defenses. Shouldn't. They shouldn't. This is the first time that they've they done it, though. That's the, like It's only been one game. Miles Sanders has been, for, uh, I mean, for the most part, he's had a good amount of touches. This was a weird game. They were dumb. 
and they have to correct it. I'm I'm really hopeful. If he can't get it done against Green Bay, then I don't know how much faith you can have in him in the playoffs because the offense it's, stinks, and and yeah. you know they just don't score enough. Is it a Joe Boo game for Miles Sanders? Okay, let's go to our next one. Uh, Eric Walsh. Blank is a league-winning wide receiver, too. That's a tough one. Did we just do this? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but kind of did. Aim a little bit higher, like wide receiver, too. Uh, what about Jarvis Landry? You know, He was someone I was going to bring up at the top of the show. His, his matchups are tennis, at Tennessee, home against Baltimore, at the Giants, at the Jets, and then Pittsburgh in Week 17. And not, not a lot of great matchups. What about Brandon Cooks? Well, um, I Cooks just... This is perfect. Okay, we're off Jarvis Landry. Okay. <laughs> I don't... Like, he Jarvis beats Landry, up on Jacksonville. Think, I'm not ready to say that he can, you know, be an all-star every I, single I have game a, now. a top 20 wide receiver this week. I think he will be a wide receiver too the rest of the way, Adam. But I think Brandon Cooks is, is your... Like, you don't think league winner when you hear Jarvis Landry. You think, ah, it's nice to have that... that that nice little production in my lineup. Yeah. Also, you better hope the weather's good in New York because those games at the Giants and at the Jets in December might not be good for Baker Mayfield and the uh, Browns offense. Okay, uh, from Andrew Gibson. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are blank rest of season without Joe Burrow. At best, number three receivers. Flex at best. Yeah. From Joe. Julio Jones will get shut down week blank. Ooh. Shut down. They're two games out of the playoffs right now, but they have a, several teams to yeah. jump. I don't know if he gets shut down. I mean, if he gets hurt again, he will. Or maybe if the Falcons lose another game or two. If I had to put a week on it, I would say week 16. Okay. From Jay, DeAndre Swift will be a top blank running back next year. Do I want to say a number higher than 10? So much unknown about the Lions. Yeah. They will be next year. Yeah. I'll say 15 to be safe. I'll say 10, top 10. I could see him being a second round pick. The good news is every time we've bought into a young Lions running back, it's worked out. So, <laughs> uh, and finally, from Robert Chavez, R- Dallas Goddard will be a blank tight end rest of season when Zach Ertz comes back. And I will tease Jacob Gibbs. I have the Jacob Gibbs segment today. Great stat on Dallas Goddard. So get ready for that. But R- Dallas, I know what it is? Dallas Goddard will be a blank tight end rest of season when Zach Ertz comes back. Starting, yeah, top eight. Mm, Jacob's higher than that. What do you think the stat is? Uh, that he has played 100% of the snaps each of the past two weeks. Part of it. That is part of it, yeah. Um, all right, you're going to hear that in a moment. I do want to tell you about Grammarly. Grammarly Premium. Great stuff here. Look, there's more to clear effective communication than just catching spelling mistakes. Grammarly Premium gives you real-time feedback and insights to help you elevate your writing through tone, word choice, clarity, and more. Yeah, real-time feedback. You can... Put a document in Grammarly, or you can just start typing right there in Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash FFT to get 20% off Grammarly Premium. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash FFT and get 20% off Grammarly Premium, which is really, really cool. Now, look, I don't write for the website. You're welcome. You're, You're all lucky. You don't have to read that. But if I did, this is exactly what I would use because this might surprise you. I it can be a little wordy sometimes. 
And that's a little bit of a problem with my writing. So yeah, you think of Grammarly, oh, they're gonna you're gonna change two two and two and your and your and stuff like that. Well, the the real benefit for me in anyway is the clarity, is the effectiveness, the way to make something shorter, make something more succinct, and make something more clear and more effective. So I've done, I've used Grammarly, I've used it uh, to write some emails, to write some promos, scripts for promos and things like that. And Grammarly will just highlight something and say, "You get rid of this. You don't need this." So that's what I think it's great for. I can be a little bit wordy and I need help with that and Grammarly is perfect with that. And look, if you just want help communicating more effectively, whether you're writing something, writing a paper, okay, if you're in school, if you want to give this as a gift to someone who is in school, this could be very helpful. If you are writing a resume, a cover letter, giving a presentation at work, this is great for a site like LinkedIn or something like that. Grammarly can really, really help you. And of course, common spelling and grammar mistakes, those will be corrected by by Grammarly. But the clarity, the vocabulary selections, that's another thing I forgot to mention that Grammarly helps me with. Um, just suggesting different words to mix things up, sound a little bit smarter. Um, that That is a great feature as well. So the word choice, the tone, those are the things that I really like about Grammarly. And I want you to get Grammarly as well. Um, get it as a gift for someone. Get it for yourself. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium. Sign up now at Grammarly.com slash FFT. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash FFT. That is Grammarly.com slash FFT for 20% off Grammarly Premium. All right. As promised, Jacob Gibbs has three great stats for you for Fantasy Week 13. And let's hear from him right now. What's up, FFT? This is Sportsline Fantasy Analyst Jacob Gibbs, and I'm back with three more advanced stats for you heading into week 13. Stat number one, Allen Robinson saw a 28% target share with Mitchell Trubisky under center in the first two games, but that rate dropped to 25% with Nick Foles at quarterback from weeks three through 11. In week 12, with Trubisky back under center, A-Rob's target share was back up to 27%. Robinson turned his 13 targets into the wide receiver five finish in fantasy last week, and that came against Jair Alexander and his zone heavy Packers defense. This week, Robinson will go to work against a man-heavy Lions defense that presents a much better schematic fit for his skill set. Detroit secondary is near the top of the NFL in both man and press coverage use, which puts a ton of pressure on their cornerbacks. And the cornerbacks simply are not good enough to be constantly isolated in one-on-one coverage against players like Allen Robinson. Robinson has been targeted on 30.9% of his routes run versus man this season, compared to 24.6% against zone. He's also 7th in the NFL in yards versus press coverage, and he's nearly doubled his yards per catch, up from 9.3 when not pressed to 16.3 when facing press coverage. I worry a bit about Trubisky getting in the way of a big A-Rob day, as his unbelievably bad 46% completion rate versus man coverage over the past two seasons is the worst of any quarterback in the NFL. We've seen Trubisky have success against this Detroit defense over the past two years though, so I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll get a big performance from Robinson in this spot. Stat number two. Since Philadelphia's week nine bye, Dallas Goddard ranks first among tight ends in routes run, first in targets, and second in targets from inside the 10-yard line. He's played 100% of the snaps in each of the past two games, and the only player in the NFL who has more routes run during that time is Keenan Allen. Zach Ertz could return soon, but I don't think it matters. Goddard has 2.2 times as many yards as Ertz in the past four games they were both healthy for, and he has more catches than Ertz has targets in those games. He's clearly the focal point of Philly's passing offense. With the remaining schedule featuring the Packers, Saints, Cardinals, and Cowboys, the only tight ends I'd rather own in fantasy than Goddard are Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Stat number three. In week 13, the Rams face an Arizona Cardinals defense that ranks in the top five of the NFL in both man and press coverage use. Both Robert Woods and Cooper Cup played well against this defense last year, but their split suggests that this is a better matchup for Cup. Over the past two seasons, Cup has 794 receiving yards on 80 targets against man coverage 
compared to 444 yards on 60 targets for Woods. And those splits have come with Woods running 12 more routes against man than Cup during that time. Cup's yards per catch is up from 10.3 against zone to 16.5 against man, and his splits against press coverage tell a similar story. Not only is Cup generally set to benefit from Arizona's scheme, his specific cornerback matchup against Drake Kirkpatrick from the slot is by far the best possible draw against the Cardinals. All right, that's all for this week. Hope you liked the stats. If you didn't, I'll be back on the FFT in five episodes Saturday with three more, and you can find me on Twitter at jgibbs underscore two three. I'll be tweeting out nerdy stats all week long. Thank you very much to Jacob Gibbs. Good stuff as always. Allen Robinson, look, uh, Mutual Trubisky, the target chair is up with Trubisky, and Robinson finishes with Detroit and Houston at home, and then at Minnesota, at Jacksonville. Won't have to worry about the weather. And Green Bay in Week 17, but his next four matchups are against teams that rank 23rd, 24th, 30th, and 28th against wide receivers. Jacob said Dallas Goddard would be his number three tight end rest of season behind only uh, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and Cooper Cup. Good matchup for him this week. Good against man coverage, good against press coverage. Thank you, Jacob. And I love the FFT and 5 episode on Saturday. More stats like this. Really helpful for DFS. Player props are super fun, so if you're into that, we help you with that as well. Let's do some Week 13 tough calls. All right, you tell me if they're tough calls or not. So Ryan Tannehill, he's had, I want to say it's a little subjective, but in my opinion, pull up his schedule, about four really good matchups this year, and he has scored over 30 points in three of those four. Now, Cleveland's been better against quarterbacks lately, but a lot of that, remember, they've had so many bad weather games. Yep. And they're missing two starters in their secondary. So is this a tough call, or is Tannehill a stud this week? The tough call for me would be if I, if I had Ryan Tannehill as a backup quarterback on a roster with Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray. Um, other than that, it's not a tough call. I'm starting Ryan Tannehill. Does but, he have Does he have the upside, Heath, to be 25 plus fantasy points? Adam just said that he's scored 30 or more in three of his four games against bad defenses, and I think the Browns, without their top corner and without Harrison, are a bad pass defense for sure. Yeah, so I guess you could, maybe it's three out of five. It's 34 points against Jacksonville, 10 at Minnesota. He threw for 321 yards in that game, just didn't have a touchdown. 35 right. against Buffalo, 36 against Houston. And then, like, I don't, I feel like Cincinnati is not that bad against quarterbacks. Um, he did score 21 points against them. But, but other than that, regardless, it's tough. If, yeah. even if it's 40%. If you're scoring 35 fantasy points in half of your opportunities against below average defenses, then you have upside. Sure. By its very definition. Derrick yes. Henry, though, is just is on such a roll right now <laughs> that, uh, you know, like he wasn't this good earlier in the season. Well, okay. So where do you guys have Tannehill ranked? Seven. Ooh. I had him in my top 10 and I got cold feet and I put him at 13. And the reason why I got cold feet is because of Derrick Henry and because of what he's um, capable of doing, of taking over uh, a game. And, I, and I'm also worried about just how much upside Tannehill has. I, I get what Heath's saying and, and that he's had great games against bad defenses before. Miles Garrett being there will help the Browns' defense. I mean, Mike Glennon looked like a stud last week. And they had, not, they had no pass rush. They, their secondary, we've already chronicled that. I'm worried about Tannehill getting that third touchdown, getting 250 yards passing. I think he can be good. I think he can be safe, get you in that 20 to 22 point range. But I have a hard time trusting him over other quarterbacks who either have a matchup that have more like Derek Carr. Derek Carr 
has a matchup with great upside. Oh, he's a, yeah, Jets. he's on this too. But I would rather start Carr than Tannehill as of now. I haven't researched Carr all the way yet. Um, and then it, with with Kyler and Watson, you know what they're capable of doing. You know that they're excellent players. If their floor is the same as Tannehill's reasonable expectation, I'd rather go with the upside of those studs. I I I have a question, and it's a legitimate question. Uh, it sounds like a troll, maybe, but. Ryan Tannehill, like we just talked about these three games where he scored 35 plus points. What if if this year performance and having these massive type games doesn't illustrate the upside? Um, what like what is it about Ryan Tannehill that makes you think he doesn't have upside when he's had these massive performances? A, it's Derrick Henry. B, it's the offensive line not being what it was earlier in the year. But Derrick Henry was playing in all of the games that he scored 35 points, right? Sure. Let me look up. Let me look up. Actually, I'm very curious. All right. In week two, Henry had 25 carries, 84 yards. In week five and six, when (laughs) in weeks five and six, when Tannehill went off for 35 ish points, Mm -hmm. Henry had two touchdowns in both games. And he, in one of those games, he had 212 rushing yards and another 52 receiving yards. The other game, he had only 63 total yards. But I guess it shows that in weeks five and six, Derrick Henry had four touchdowns combined, and Ryan Tannehill still scored about 70 fantasy points in those two games. So 71 to be exact with seven touchdowns. So they just had huge games. It was against Buffalo and Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and right, I think it's, it's also like last year... Ryan Tannehill had like three of his last six games with three or four touchdowns and 270, 280 plus yards. It's not just this year that he's shown that type of upside, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting Tannehill. Dave's on the fence. Okay. Would you guys start? I think another tough call is Lamar Jackson against the Cowboys because if that game, if Jackson plays, let's assume he will. If that game is a blowout, then you're probably looking at, fewer than 200 passing yards or something like that because that's what's been the case for the Cowboys in their in their most of their games since Dak Prescott got, got hurt and they couldn't really keep up. It's, it's not as big of a deal for Lamar Jackson as it is for other quarterbacks, but, you know, it's kind of... A, it's like that game has been somewhat of a trap because teams just don't need to throw that much on the Cowboys. So you've got Lamar Jackson versus Derek Carr versus Ryan Tannehill. Who's your favorite? Tannehill. Carr. Yeah, I don't... I don't... Well, we're not ranking Jackson right now, so I I totally agree this would be a tough call in theory if he gets cleared before we make decisions about Sunday, guys. But the status of the Ravens, like how many players do they have that are playing in that game? How much full practice have they had before that game? And it being a Tuesday game, and we may not know all the information by Sunday, I think I'm probably just sitting Lamar Jackson if he's cleared before Sunday. All right, let's go to our next uh, tough call. Michael Pittman at Houston. Houston does typically get crushed by number one wide receivers, but it's been, you know, Devontae Adams. It's been great, great number one wide receivers. Um, And uh, Bradley Roby is suspended, so take that into consideration. Where do you guys have Pittman in to see a tough call? Yeah, he's a tough call. I've got Pittman ranked... In the number three range, so number three receiver flex. Love that he had nine targets last week. Hate that he only had two receptions. 
to very tough call. I think I've got him 31 or 32. There's not very many starting wide receivers that you've been starting that I would start him over. Um, but he's like he and Brandon Ayuk are right in the same range for me. I would start him over several of the other rookies like Denzel Mims, Jerry Judy, those type of guys. But it's it's really just do you have three wide receivers you really want to start? If not, then you're starting Michael Pittman. Okay, I just anticipate getting a lot of Michael Pittman questions this week because we got a ton last week. Let's go to a couple more here. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas at Atlanta. Jamie brought this up on Twitch last night. We were talking about who the best run defenses in football are. And he's saying, like, since Raheem Morris became the head coach, he thought maybe they had the best or one of the best. And, I, I mean, I think their top four, the four that I went to were the Saints, Bucks, Rams, and then the Falcons. And he said, what about the Steelers? Yeah, they, they deserve to be in that equation too. But bottom line, I mean, this has been a killer run defense. Um, so Kamara and Michael Thomas at Atlanta, are they tough calls for you? Nope. I'm still going to start them. The only way that they would be tough calls is if I had loaded rosters and I, you know, I I've had a, you know, this great group of running backs to pick from each week. And I've been blindly starting Alvin Kamara over Antonio Gibson, let's say, or even Deandre Swift, if Swift gets cleared that decision's harder now because of the matchup. And also because of just how Kamara, I think, I think something has to be said about, what their roles have turned into with Taysom Hill under center, where we've had one great game against Atlanta where Hill just leaned on, 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 on Thomas Ryan Fitzpatrick style. And then the very next game against Denver, he didn't. They barely threw. Right. Sure. But still they could have thrown significantly more if they wanted to, they didn't have to obviously. Right. Could that happen again against Atlanta? Are they going to be able to dominate Atlanta defensively? the same way that they did two weeks ago. I, I would imagine the Falcons are going to put up a much better fight this time around, and that would make it a little bit harder on Thomas. And uh, look, Alvin Kamara is just, I, I'm worried about the target share. I'm well, but you, you're not telling, like, here's the thing, Dave, you're talking about this, and at the same time you're saying this is not a tough call, because, but you're like, because, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. Like, what it, is it? I've got to have, I've got to have the running backs that I'm confident to put ahead of Kamara, and I've got to have the receivers. I'm not sinking them in my rankings. You're not going to find Alvin Kamara 25th in my rankings. Are you going to find him like 12th? That. Are you going to find him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's the range that he's in around right now. Okay. I, um, I was just looking. Since week four, one running back has more than 50 yards rushing against the Falcons. Since week four. Yeah. It's Now, that running back did it twice. It was Mike Davis. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is weird. The Saints had 94 yards, but it was basically a 50-50 split. I currently have Kamara around 10, and it's higher than I want to, and I'll probably be lowering him. I would definitely start Austin Eckler and James Robinson over him. So those are two guys that were drafted later that you you could start over him. I would definitely start guys like Aaron Jones. I'd start Naheem Hines over him in full PPR if Jonathan Taylor wasn't back. Michael Thomas is the really difficult one for me. He, um, in my projections, is around 30. I bumped him up to 24 in both formats in my rankings just so I had him ranked as a starter. But Can I make it easier for you, Heath? I'm going to help you out. You ready? Yeah. Taysom Hill has thrown 39 passes in two games. Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas has 18 targets. 
18 targets. He has almost 50% of the targets. Like right. so, l- last week, last week was ridiculous. He threw 16 passes because of the you know a game against a, a wide receiver playing quarterback. But he had 100 yards just two weeks ago against the Falcons. Why is right. like I, why is that's this hard? his only game this season with more than 51 yards? But he's Michael Thomas, like you know, and he played Tampa Bay twice. And what was the other one? San Francisco. You don't seem to think Michael Thomas is a tough call. No, I think he's a. I think he's an easy start. Yeah, I I think he's he's very difficult for me because I. I th- like what what would you project Taysom Hill for for pass attempts? 23? No, I mean 25 to 30. What 30? I was say 25. It's got to be a little bit more competitive of a game, that's all. It's in Atlanta and uh hopefully it's a little more competitive. Okay. Um <laughs> 30. Yeah, I, <laughs> 30's not crazy, is it? If for Taysom Hill? Well, I am completely Are throwing. I'm working? completely throwing out last week. Last week was a game against a junior varsity team, so he threw 23 but passes. The only the game, game we has of him uh, with uh, with him as a starter was against this very defense, and he threw 23. Yeah, but I, I said 25 to 30. Because um, I would expect the Falcons to put up a bigger fight, and I would also expect them to like. Double team the heck out of Michael Thomas. I don't think fifty percent of the targets are going to Michael Thomas. Um, now I've got him double thir- teaming him. I've got him at thirty three percent, which is the highest I have for any player in the NFL this week. Um, if he's at eight targets, maybe nine, then you're looking at five for sixty probably. But and that's you the hope- floor. Oh, that's not the floor. Why? The floor. That's, that's, nine targets, that's, that's five floor. for sixty. I mean, this is. One of the yeah, worst pass defenses in football. Why would it be? Why would he be so inefficient on nine targets or eight? Taysom targets? Hill is the one throwing to him. He. I don't think Taysom. I guess I, well, I don't think Taysom Hill is as bad as you think he is. I, don't I agree. Think Taysom Hill's. I don't think Taysom Hill's like. Well, he's not Drew Brees. Where obviously. do you think he ranks amongst? Like, I don't know the starting quarterbacks. Not all the backups, just starting quarterbacks in the NFL. He's I, 30, 30th through thirty second, right? Sure. No, okay, he's know. one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd rather well, have him yeah. than. But if he's got if he's got good protection, and he knows where he's going with the with the football, I think there's enough evidence to say that he's 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 okay. All right. Well, so like literally so, one bad throw against Atlanta when he played against them two weeks ago. Finish it off, Heath. You said he's going to be about twenty fourth in your rankings. He's a borderline number two. I would rather not, but I'd also rather not bench him. So. <laughs> Tough call. Uh, I, I'm higher. I'm higher on Thomas, especially in PPR. Okay. Well, it's time for the fun part of the show. First 45 okay. minutes were super boring. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and the music's too loud. My apologies. All right, let's do the Fantasy Cops. Here we go. Tough questions from, uh, from our audience. This comes from Adelaide, Australia. I don't know who wrote it, though. I don't have a name. I'm sorry about that. But good day to we'll you as well. Vivian. Who? Vivian? Vivian. Okay, good day, Vivian. My wife has a cousin in Australian in Vivian. Oh. We run a very competitive 12-team league with severe punishments for last place. This <laughs> week, the 6th and 7th teams play each other, and the 8th place team plays the last place team. Due to the points differential, if the and the 8th place team is very good, by the way. They have the third highest score, uh, third most points. If the 8th place team wins, 6th and 7th, have no chance to make the playoffs. The sixth and seventh team wanted to both trade a player to the last place team for nothing. So to make the matchup tougher for the eighth place team, 
to give themselves a 50-50 chance of making the playoffs. The platform allows this. The league called this collusion, but given we were making moves to try and make the playoffs and avoid punishment, is this so? Fantasy cops, help us out. I want to avoid swimming to Kangaroo Island with chickens tied to me. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I, I, I think it's an interesting question because you are trying to do something that helps yourself. Well, that's um, the point of collusion does that. I mean, you could be but part of But it's working that. with another team to help help yourself. Yeah, I think this is, what, this is so like, dirty. It, yeah, it is collusion it is. and you shouldn't do it and your league shouldn't allow it. But I think there's a less like you don't have to trade them for nothing. You could you could trade them for a player that is worse. You could or, trade them a player that you think is going to be better this week for a player that might be better in the future. As long as it's not obvious. Yeah, it's still but, so shady. Like trading carry on Johnson. But the last place team should, the playoffs start next week. So I think it's BS anyway, because I'm assuming the last place team has been eliminated from the playoffs and therefore you shouldn't be making trades with that team. Right, but I get that the last place team doesn't want to go for that swim. I mean, yeah, I true. don't believe that's right at all, Adam. Um, because if of the you have a penalty where you yeah. have to swim to Kangaroo Island with chickens strapped <laughs> on you, the, you can't tell people they can't make moves anymore. Okay, I can't but, see that being good for the chickens, by the way. But this is not okay, and you should not be able to make those trades. We are regulating that. All right, here we go from Mike in San Francisco. I'm the commissioner of a 12-team half PPR league. Our draft order is established by regular season finish for teams not making the playoffs. The team in 11th is playing the 12th place team and benched a number of players, though he had viable replacements on his bench. The league is mildly outraged by this action and there has been some calls for punishment, though there was no explicit rule against it previously. Should there be punishment? And if so, what should it be? All right, 11th place team wants the number one pick. He's facing the 12th place team. He's benching all of his good players, putting out a really crappy lineup to lose. This is, I mean, we get this every year and I never know what the best answer is. So I'll ask you guys, my deputies, fantasy cops, what should happen? You're not the sheriff. In no universe would you be the sheriff. You, you're like, what you're certainly the, the Barney Fife. I'm the, actually, in, in the universe that I've created, I'm the sheriff. I, Dave can be Andy Taylor. I'm fine with I, I'm fine with that. It's just not Adam. Adam's clearly Barney Fife. I'm the no. I'm the guy from Internal Affairs that everybody hates. No, but you're the you're the buddy cop with Heath. Jamie's oh, right. the mayor. All right, I Shraggy B is the like the spy, the compliance officer. The guy. Oh, he's, on the the, he's the guy from Internal Affairs. That everybody yes. hates mm, Shragger. Um, what do you think? Is this okay? Benching all your you players. You need an established rule about this. Tanking comes in many forms. And you need an established rule as to what is acceptable tanking and what is not acceptable tanking. In Dynasty Leagues, it's perfectly acceptable to trade all of your good players for draft picks and tank for next year. Yep. Um, but I, if you saw my, somebody, Heath, if you saw somebody in our, in our Dynasty League purposely benching players so that they could block up the number one pick, what would you say? Would you say, I, no, that's not allowed? Or would you say, hey, that's part of the game, that's part of the strategy? My thought is that you need to start someone who is like, you need to fill all your roster spots and not have an illegal lineup. If you want to start DeAndre Washington over Alvin Kamara this week, I'm not going to police that. Okay. But, but what if you I want, would, what if you want to start 
Alfred Morris over like over Alvin Kamara, somebody who no, I would the, not the, I would not police that. I, right, I agree with Heath on this. But if you want to start no active running backs, so you score zero points and have no chance of winning, I, no, that's right. not you're okay. not allowed to start Odell Beckham. You know, it would be fun though. I disagree if, with that. Oh wow! The players on your team, if he's on a buy, I don't care. You have to fill all of your active roster spots, even okay. with a player who is a guaranteed zero. I don't guaranteed care. Dak Prescott. If you're going to do that, you have to fill your roster with guaranteed zeros, and that's going to take up a lot of roster then what's spots. The, okay, but then what's the difference between that and setting an illegal lineup? Either? Because I mean, you really, don't have you're to use no, your roster Heath. spots to have Absolutely. players on your team. Heath is right. Heath is right. And you know what? Um, I think it would be fun if both teams tried this, and then you just got you got in a league where that happened last week, and like the average score in that league is like 130, 140 points, and the score of their matchup was like 35, 25, and there was an active uh, cheering. (laughs) It's pretty funny. The other guy scored points. Oh yeah, that's good. I like that. Adds a little spice. But have a set rule. Until you have a set rule, you can't really do anything about this. All right. From John, I'm currently locked in for the playoffs, but not the buy. I play Team A that is crushed by injuries, but his team is also one win away from the playoffs. Another team, Team B, is stacked and is fighting for the playoffs. Team B gets in only if Team A loses and Team B wins. But if Team A wins, then Team B is automatically out. I'm in I'm the playoffs anyway and would love to play Team A instead of Team B. I'm starting all of my bench players. I am starting Dalton over Russell Wilson. Acres over Henry. Team B complained to the commissioner, and the league will vote soon. Who is in the right? Do I get? Don't I get to decide how I run my team? Is this and this is strategy, isn't it? So this is yes. kind of similar here. Yeah. This is. I would give the exact same answer. Yeah. You're, you're team okay B is it? clearly in the wrong because they snitched, and <laughs> you know what happened to snitches. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess basically we think you have the right to do whatever you want with your team. I think it's kind of lame, but. But it's, but it's okay. All right, here's from another John. John Doe's. All right, from John Doe, number two. This league has a rule. Of, my league has a rule this year for COVID pushback games. That could probably have been worded better. Grammarly for you, John Doe. If a game gets pushed back to Monday or Tuesday and there's a risk it might not get played, GMs can post on the message, board, message boards if cases. For example, if Ravens versus Steelers doesn't play, start Kirk Cousins over Big Ben. However... The J.K. Dobbins manager had to start Alfred Morris on Sunday and lost by 10 points. He now claims he should be allowed to start Dobbins because he would have started Dobbins if he knew the game was going to be on Wednesday. His argument for not posting beforehand was because J.K. Dobbins was not playing 100% on Tuesday due to the COVID waiting rules. Should he be allowed to switch Dobbins in for Alfred Morris for Week 12? Oh, this is a good one, isn't it? This is a great one. I think John wins for best fantasy cops question of the day. And it's an unfortunate situation, but I don't think you can let him play JK Dobbins. Why? Because he didn't do an if thing and you have to have parent. Like the reason I've not done this in my league is because I was worried about these unique situations and changing and changing and changing and changing. And I think you have to have firm set rules at the beginning of the year. And if, or whenever, if the firm set rule was by noon on Sunday, you have to name your player and your replacement player, then that has to be the rule. And there can't be exception to it for this time because somebody will go back and say, well, I would have wanted to make an exception for a different reason. So I, I, I don't think you can let them do it. 
when was the game scheduled for Monday or Wednesday or Tuesday before week 13? This game actually broke the record because it was the first NFL game to be scheduled for every day of the week. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) On Sunday, you're asking at one o'clock? Right. On Sunday, when, when we, when the designations were due on Sunday, I think Tuesday. It was set for Tuesday. I'm not sure, but I think so. And at that point, there was no way that Dobbins was going to be able to play. I'm with Heath. I don't think he should be allowed to put Dobbins in I think in his I am, lineup. too. Like, I'm trying to come up with an argument to help him out here, and I don't think I can. I think it's just it's tough luck. you got to stick with the rules of the league. We've got designations like this in a bunch of our leagues, and I don't think it would be right to say on Tuesday, hey, wait a minute, now that he can play, I want to use him yeah. when it's after the fact. And I, I think what would have been really complicated this is if he had tried, I'm starting Alfred Morris, but if the game gets pushed back to Wednesday and J.K. Dobbins is eligible, then I want J.K. Dobbins. That would have been if, a real gray area, too. If he had somehow had the foresight to write that in, then I think it should be allowed. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for your questions. And the fantasy cops are happy to help. You know who to call. Send us your emails. Make sure you put Fantasy Cops in the subject line. If you put regulators or anything like that, I'm not going to see it. I do an inbox search for Fantasy Cops, so that has to be in the subject line. Quick break on Fantasy Football today. Wrapping it up with your emails after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the show. We got your emails now at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Austin. We did sort of touch on this, but... I'm surprised you guys aren't lower on Miles Sanders. Seems like they've gone back to the running back by committee approach ever since he came back from injury. This is obviously a big part of Peterson's MO. Boston Scott especially isn't going anywhere. I was surprised to hear you all say he was still top 15. This is true. He's Sanders has played 61 or fewer percentage of the snaps in the past two weeks. So obviously it's a thing where he is sharing a little bit more than we're used to. Still expected to get the the majority and that's what keeps him in this range for one more week okay this is from bill in an olympic city north of the border did toronto ever host the olympics no vancouver hosted yeah the olympics. bingo hey wayne gordy sydney and mario oh those are nintendo characters love it wayne gretzky's <laughs> hockey mario and luigi yeah no those are hockey players uh, my PPR team is 6-6 six and six because three times this year I've put up the second highest points only to lose the first highest points. Oh, That's crazy, yeah. Three times? Yeah, that's... You say Super Mario? Super Mario, Mario. Mario, sorry. <laughs> um, he needs help with his lineup. I need to win this week. All my running backs and wide receivers are bunched together. Which two do I bench? All right, first of all, Josh Allen or Cam Newton? Allen. Yeah, okay, we're, we're going starts, not benches. Start Josh Allen. Okay, sure. Start Josh Allen. <laughs> I was Might confused be. for a second. Yeah, that's not yeah. me. Yeah, so Sorry I'm starting Allen. Alvin Camario or Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders. Who are you benching? Sorry, who are you starting? Kamara, Kamara Gibson, Sanders. 
I am starting Gibson and Camara. Ooh. I think I am too, but I yeah. <laughs> you're going with the you're sitting the guy with the best matchup. It's but it's I get it. I uh, kind of think I'm sitting Gibson. Okay. AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods. Pick two. AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, Ridley, and Woods. Brown and Robinson are who I'm picking. I'm sitting Woods for sure. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm probably sitting. Uh, probably sitting Brown. Ooh. Wow, you're wow. gonna sit AJ Brown. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Calvin Ridley and Allen Robinson are both really good. They're, all three of these guys are really good. Yeah. One of them's taking on the Saints without Julio Jones playing on the other side. Is that a good thing? Like he could get Marshawn Lattimore. I, I think it's a bad thing. I don't know that we know that he's without Julio Jones. Well, that's how we're projecting it for now. Okay, and TJ Hawkinson or Johnu Smith? Hawkinson. Yeah, I love Hawkinson this week. Hawkinson starts. This is from Matthew. Would you trade Darren Waller? <laughs> Hawkinson starts. Would you trade Darren Waller and either A.J. Brown or Adam Thielen to get D.K. Metcalf and either Evan Ingram or T.J. Hawkinson? I would trade Waller and Thielen for Metcalf and Hawkinson. Yes. Yeah, but good luck getting somebody to give you Metcalf and Hawkinson. You might. Might. No. From, uh, or else maybe he wouldn't have asked, you know. From Brendan in Minneapolis. Keeper question in a 10-team league. Would you trade Aaron Jones? And I don't think he can keep him anymore. Um, yeah, my ride with Aaron Jones is done. Would you trade Aaron Jones for a fifth-round Antonio Gibson next year? Or James Robinson, who will probably be keep, kept in the 8th to 10th round next year? I think I'd rather have Gibson. I would rather have Robinson. Great. Good stuff, guys. Thank you all for listening today and for your Fantasy Cop submissions and for your emails. We've got Starter Sit for the AFC home games tomorrow. Starter Sit NFC on Friday. And we're recapping Wednesday afternoon football. We don't have a theme song for that, though. Tomorrow's show. All right, we'll talk to you then. Thanks, everyone.